Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Welcome to the Andy Staples Show. We've got a special guest for you today. Josh Abbott, the lead singer of the Josh Abbott Band. Massive Texas Tech fan. Guns up, wreck them, all that good stuff. Uh, quite a day to have Josh on. You know, you got Joey McGuire ripping it up on the recruiting trail for football. But also, you've got the Texas Tech basketball team about to play Duke in the Sweet 16. Texas Tech actually favored in this game. If Texas Tech wins... That'll be a career for Mike Krzyzewski. So big, big stakes in the Sweet 16. About to talk to a guy who may be uh, maybe in the building when that happens. Josh Abbott, one of the stars of Texas country. If you don't know what Texas country is, get yourself to your streaming service and start listening because these are great bands, great artists who, if you don't like the, the sheen of the current country coming out of Nashville, you might like Texas country a little better. It's it's a little twangier, uh, but also a little more of a rock edge. If you like Southern rock, you probably like it too. Josh has some great songs, and and he'll tell you, he's actually one of the, the poppier acts in, in Texas country, but we'll play a little of Josh Abbott Band and Casey Musgraves' Oh Tonight as we go into the interview, and you'll see. This guy can sing, he can write songs, and he is a massive, massive college football, college basketball fan, and that's why we love having him on the show. Grab your hand and you say, wait, I say no, girl, it's way too late. We've been playing games for weeks, now I'm ready to play for keeps, no Joined now by Josh Abbott, avid Texas Tech fan, but you know, you've probably heard of him more because he is the lead singer of the Josh Abbott band. But Texas Tech grad, we're talking to you, yep. Josh. We're recording this on, on a Tuesday. On Thursday, the Texas Tech basketball team can end Coach K's career. How <laughs> how excited are you for this? Well, it's pretty exciting. I we actually, uh, so I live in Austin, um, and we play in, actually down in South Texas on the border on that Friday. And, mm-hmm. and uh, I think even though the travel is going to be just crazy tight, I'm pretty sure I'm going to the game. I got tickets Whoa. already. So I'm flying out to San Francisco, uh, go to the game on Thursday, and then I'll fly back and Hopefully, you know, we get the W and I'll just have to miss the Elite Eight game, but I can live with that because I think getting to watch us play Duke uh, is just a special moment regardless of the outcome. Obviously, I like our odds to win. Apparently, Vegas likes our odds to win. Um, I think our team is just that salty. I don't think I'm being I've, too I've watched y'all play quite a bit. It, 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 they, they'll, they'll lock you down. And I, I'm curious about this because – 
I know, we're, and we're going to, this is, you know, a football mostly podcast, and we're going to get into you nearly taking out Mac Brown on the field uh, a while ago. <laughs> but oh, no, I'm curious about Texas Tech becoming a basketball school. Like, okay, I, I was, I covered the Chris Beard team that made the Final Four. I covered them in the Final Four. And obviously the fans were, were going crazy. But the way Chris Beard left and the sheer anger, like, I didn't realize yeah. how passionate Texas Tech had become about basketball until Texas came to, to Lubbock this year. Yeah, it's probably, you know, I wish there was an official way of, you know, keeping track of what the rowdiest crowd could be, but it, it, I've never witnessed anything like it. Um, and I, I just think that it's kind of the mentality of the underdog, so to speak. Not that we're, we were the underdog in that game by any means, but just Texas Tech in general, chip on the shoulder, you know, out there in Lubbock and, you know, and of course, big UT being in Austin and the whole thing. And, um, you know, it's, it's a weird situation because, uh, you know, a lot of people uh, were pretty mad at Coach Beard for leaving and you know i would even say to him i think you know but perhaps the way that he departed could have been handled maybe a little bit better but he handled it the way he wanted to handle it and it is what it is but yeah he got a lot of people up in arms for sure so um man I, that would that was crazy I, I i actually missed that game i just watched it on tv like uh, like you did probably and i was hating myself literally did, 30 did seconds you have to leave <laughs> town to play a show when when Tech went to Austin and like the entirety of Red Raider Nation descended on yes. Austin, man, you keep up with stuff really well. Yeah, so everybody then you know round two comes to Austin. I've got tickets, the whole thing, and we're actually off. So I'm thinking, oh, this is going to be great. I'm not kidding you. A week or a week and a half, maybe before that gig, uh, my agent called me and said, hey, we had somebody cancel on a gig. We need you to you know, can you fill in? And so I said, yes. And I went all the way up to Nebraska. <laughs> Wasn't even close enough to like make the game and then get out. I oh. just missed the game, had to watch on TV. So, you know, that's, that's not fun, but regardless, it was a lot of fun to watch Texas tech this year um, has been for several years, but even going back to when I was in college and coach Knight was, was around, um, you know, Texas tech basketball has that ability to be really special in Lubbock. Um, you know, I don't know if some people call us a basketball school school, you know, when, when Leach was around, we sure were a football school. Um, I, I would like to think that we'll get back to being a football and a basketball and a baseball school. I think Texas tech is, is a sleeping giant and it's about to emerge. I really do. Uh, we're, well, so we, we've got a great coaching staff all across the board in the three major sports and even the other ones. And, you know, our soccer, women's soccer is doing well. Like, I'm just very optimistic about Texas Tech dominating the Big 12 for the next decade. So you come by your Texas Tech fandom, honestly. You're from, is it, is it pronounced Idaloo? It is Idaloo, just outside of Lubbock. So, so suburban Lubbock. Uh, I live in suburban Gainesville, so I understand how that is. Um, yeah. You know, look, look, suburban college town basically means you're, you're very close to a feed store. Um, but so... You go to Texas Tech, right? It, and you were you you were in grad school when you decided to start writing songs, right? Well, yeah, kind of. I I, I started writing songs in undergrad, um, okay, and then really put the band together and started getting a little bit more serious about it in grad school. And then okay. by the end of grad school is when I was like, "Man, I'm having way more fun playing." 
you know, bars, uh, than I am studying rhetoric. So what, what um, were you going to be? What, what were you getting well, a, a master's in? So I was working on my master's in communication studies. There's a, there was an emphasis on rhetoric and political science really. So, okay. um, you know, I was a little confused during college on like how, what career path is this going to take me? And I pretty much landed, I was going to write my thesis on, so something in the oil in the in the oil and gas industry and was hoping to parlay that into some sort of you know communications director or sales or position with an oil and gas company out in Midland, Odessa. And literally yep. I just thought that that would be my path. But um, you know, thankfully it ended up going a different way. That so the you've told the origin story a bunch of times. You you were which which bar were you at? Who are you watching when it when it came to you that I can do this? Yeah, you know, I mean, obviously being in Texas, if you're out, if you're not from Texas, and I don't want to bore people who are on here for your football, and they're like, "Who is this guy talking about Texas music?" So oh no, I, I want I want it's, people to be introduced to Texas. I okay, red dirt, Texas country. I don't know exactly how to describe the genre, but I I I would call it good country music meets Southern rock. Yeah. That's a that's a great explanation for it. I, there's not really even an official one yet, but it, it's basically it's just a little different than mainstream country. It's not quite as poppy. In fact, it's far from it. Probably, um, some argue that we're probably one of the more poppy Texas yeah. country bands, and everyone in Nashville thinks <laughs> we're not even close. So it's kind of funny the the difference between the two genres, but. Um, it's huge down in Texas, but it's also now, I think because of all the different streaming services and the availability of music, it's really widespread all the way East coast to West coast. And it's a lot of fun to get to travel the country and play songs that, you know, not every song's about Texas. That's probably a little misleading, uh, for people listening in. It's not like, um, that's the only thing we sing about. I just think that there's a style to what we do and some people really gravitate towards that. Um, and so, but anyway, yeah, I started uh, in college. You know, it's a big part of our culture to go to Texas country concerts. It's just different. It'd be like if you're from, you know, you said you're in Florida. It'd be, it'd be like as if, if there was like a whole touring scene of Florida bands that played Miami songs bass. That, we had that Luther everyone Campbell. was in Florida, you know, that just loved <laughs> yep. them. And, then, um, and they toured all the college towns. That's kind of what happens in Texas. And so I, I would grow up watching Pat Green and Robert O'Keefe and some of those guys and, um, Wade Bowen. And then I just remember I was at this bar called the blue light, which is where everybody would go and, um, watch this band, the Randy Rogers band who are good friends of mine now. And I just was like, man, this is really cool. And these guys sold out this bar is probably 400 people here and they're playing their own songs. I only know like three, but everybody's singing along every song. What am I missing here? You know, like maybe I should, dive more into this and do, and try to do it. And so I naively just did, you know, tried to blaze my own path and started writing music and started going down the road and, you know, through a lot of trial and error um, and a little bit of luck, we've gotten all the way to here. We'll be right back after this message from one of our lovely sponsors. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. 
That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. So what, what's the first song you learned to play on the guitar? You know, people ask me that all the time. I don't even remember. I, I, I can really? guarantee you it was a Willie Nelson or a Pat Green song, though. So That's Pat Green, big. Pat Green's kind of uh, Willie. I, I would assume is kind of the patron saint of all Texas music. But sure. Pat Green right seems like there. There he is. There's Willie right behind you. Pat Pat Green seems like the guy that that everybody looks up to. And and so I remember, you know, I, I'm from Florida. I think at the time this song came, got popular, I had been in Texas maybe four days of my life. I think I'd covered the Cotton Bowl when Texas play or when uh, Tennessee played Kansas State in the cotton bowl and we were it was most of the time was spent in a hotel because there was an ice storm uh so but but wave on wave comes out and i was like damn this song is awesome and so i go and find all this other pat green music and i'm like oh my god this is this is amazing so uh it's one of those genres that it it, it's funny because we talk about food a lot on this podcast and i remember 10 15 years ago i was trying to describe nashville hot chicken to somebody like and like you go to Prince's, you get hot chicken. It it feels yeah. like your mouth's gonna explode. But they're like, you mean chicken buffalo wings? I'm like no, no hot chicken. And so, but now everybody knows what that is. And that's what that's uh-huh. what I'm hoping Texas country is 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 next on that list. And I know you're well, you're so- working to do that. Uh, Casey Musgraves, well, who you? Of- yeah, go ahead. Oh yeah, I I was gonna ask when you did a duet called Oh Tonight with with Casey Musgraves, she was not big at the time right that was very early on no i mean she was pretty relatively unknown to be honest i mean hell i'd even argue we were you know when we did that song it's not like we were near as popular as we are now we were definitely starting to take off in the texas music scene with we had had she's like texas Mm -hmm. out it was on that same album and then we followed up she's like texas with tonight and it was the last song to even make that record um only recorded (laughs) it because my fiddle player um, was like, Hey man, I really think this song is good enough to record. And I knew, you know, I did definitely have a vision for the song and I knew I wanted kind of that twangy, just a little bit of twang in the voice. I didn't want, I wanted more Miranda Lambert than I did case than I wanted Carrie Underwood, if that makes yeah. sense. Um, mm-hmm. but I knew it needed to be just a little bit different than Miranda too. And obviously Miranda was a superstar. She wasn't going to probably sing a song with us. So, um, <laughs> I just, I loved Casey Musgrave's voice. Um, I was familiar with her uh, just from her being in Austin for a little bit. And I just called her one day and was like, hey, look, I just would love to put you on this song. I know in, like, I just know that you're the voice for this song. And uh, can you give it a shot? And she was like, yeah, absolutely. So she was super cool about it and recorded the song. And um, again, it sounded great to us. We were like, man, this is a cool song, but that's what every band thinks when they record a song. And the next thing I know, you know, right after she's like, Texas kind of did its thing. Oh, tonight just started organically just blowing up radio stations started playing it outside of Texas. I mean, I remember getting a call, Hey, you know, this station in Phoenix is playing your song. The station in Oklahoma city is playing your song. I'm like, what? (laughs) That's That's crazy. crazy. We're in a van, (laughs) you know, we're not like a real 
band touring in a bus across the country. And it really blew up in a cool way. And, um, you know, I want to be really clear. We had nothing to do with Musgrave's success. She was always destined to be the star that she is. And she's done that through her own path. We were just very fortunate that our paths crossed at the same time for that song. Well, so the, the first year of the college football playoff, they had the national championship game at Jerry World. And so yeah. they, the, they threw a party for the media the night before. Casey Musgraves played the party. And this is right, right as pageant material is coming out. And I had, yeah. I had listened a lot to the first album. And I, had, I think pageant material was already streaming. So I was already listening to that. And there were like, there's probably 500 people in the room. But there were only like four or five of us that stayed the whole time. And like, I'm, I'm looking at the other people. I'm like, that's Casey Musgrave. She's five feet from us and she's singing like, get your asses over here. (laughs) Hey, you see it. Some people don't see it. You know, uh, I think, you know, some people just get it and some people don't. And, uh, but look, look at the cool story you have from that. You know, now you can rub it in the face of all those, those, uh, sports media writers. Hey, you remember that time you're in front of literally the, madonna of our generation and you didn't even notice (laughs) that's unbelievable that's all right i i I mind my own biscuits and and life will be gravy so uh, let's let's talk some texas tech football because you were there during an incredible era you were you know mike leach gets there they become the probably the biggest story in college football uh that offense revolutionizes offensive football what's that like as a student Oh, it's just exciting. You know, I was from the area, so, um, you know, I had kind of witnessed, not really firsthand, but secondhand, the whole Spike Dykes era, right, Um, Mm -hmm. when I was in junior high and high school. And Texas Tech was okay. You know, I mean, we were just six and six, seven and five kind of every year, maybe eight and four. I'd have to go back and look at the the, uh, records. But most of the time, I think we're about that seven-win team. And, um you know, I grew up watching guys like Zach Thomas uh, play. And and then when I, you know, finally got off to college there and finally made my way to Tech, you know, those they were just rolling. And um, it was just a lot of fun, man. I, I mean, watching, the, uh, watching us with this weird offense that was different than pretty much anyone else in the country were throwing the ball like 60 times a game. And, you know, there's some people in Texas – you know, they were like, we need to be running the ball more. That's why, you know. Oh, yeah. But it was so cool to watch it and watching our offensive linemen, you know, the way they set out so far apart from each other. You're just like, what is this? This is some gimmicky offense. And it was a lot of fun to watch. It was fun to watch guys like Kingsbury and the whole succession of quarterbacks that followed after him. You know, these unheralded, under-recruited guys get their shot at, you know, record books and – um you know, going to Tech and it being the school it is and being in the fraternity I was in, I was fortunate to become, you know, acquaintances and friends with a lot of those guys while they were playing football and have maintained a lot of those friendships throughout the years. And so, man, I was just looking back on it, like it was just so much fun to get to go to those games and watch us, you know, just win, watch us score 50, 60 points. And, you know, I was there when we beat UT in 2002 and it was that's, unreal. And that's what I want to ask about. So you, you, you rushed the, did you throw a tortilla? Was, tor- were tor- was tortilla throwing a thing yet? Hell that- yeah. Hell okay. yeah. We got in trouble for that. But yeah, man, everybody threw tortillas. You know, we didn't throw trash. We threw tortillas and I wish they'd let <laughs> us do it again. <laughs> so what, what happens after that game? That's a, it was a 42, 38 Texas tech win. 
Um, they scored so we, you know, we in the, the fourth balls. quarter win. Yeah, if I remember right, we had the ball, and it was uh, third down, maybe like 30 seconds, 40 seconds left, and we didn't want to give UT the ball back, obviously, and we threw – uh, a lateral pass. I think Kingsbury threw it to Welker, who threw it to uh, Mickey Peters, or it might have been he threw it to Mickey Peters, who threw it to Welker, or something like that. Again, it's been so long, mm-hmm. my memory's a little off, but I just remember that lateral pass. And then they threw it, just kind of a trick play, and we got the first down, and we were able to you know run out the clock. And yeah, we rushed the field; it was incredible. And I rushed the field, and I'm just—I think you alluded to this earlier in the podcast. I'm very curious how you know about that, but. I'm running and I'm I'm just clueless, right? And I'm running and screaming with everyone, and I just run into Coach Brown and his security team. <laughs> and they I don't know if they I mean, thank God they didn't just like whip me right there, you know. Like I didn't I didn't mean to run into them, it's just kind of how it happened in the chaos and just kind of well, like well, ran for, into them and, and for those- suit, you know. He definitely wasn't like, hey, great game. I mean, he definitely was like, get off me, you know, and getting out of there. But uh, anyway, it was uh, kind of a fun memory of doing that. And then I got to tell him that years later. Uh, and he, he acted like he somewhat remembered it. I'm like, oh, oh that's Mac. He's the old, oh, yeah. Josh, I remember yeah. you you coming at me. You, you looked a little scared because my, my trooper was kind of big. But yeah, it, yeah pretty much it's Texas. Everything's bigger in Texas. With, <laughs> yeah, or yeah. I mean, I I don't know. My my memory might even be exaggerating things now. I might have almost ran into him or hit his <laughs> state trooper, but I just remember literally running kind of into their group and seeing him. I mean, just as close as I am to my phone right now, and being like, "Oh wow!" You I mean I mean he's like you know pretty famous coach, and for me to be yeah. like that close to him, that was pretty cool. It, so having you've been on the field for post game for a lot of these things, it, mm-hmm. I'm convinced that in every state in America, they just line up every state trooper and they find (laughs) the biggest, most jacked one and say, you will escort the football coach after the games. So man, it's, it's always a circus when that happens. And, but I think it's what's, I think it's what makes college sports great. And I hope that, you know, we don't get so, you know, progressive and things that we eliminate, you know, make it, you know, make, super illegal or something for for kids to do that i mean i know they're always finding schools for it and they're opposing coaches will worry about player safety and things like that it's like man i mean we've made it this far and there's never been massive students against athlete fights on the field so let's just call it for what it is you know when there's a big upset at home let's just i mean that team wants to celebrate let their fans have that moment Oh yeah. Well, were you were you there for the Crabtree catch, or were you guys were you guys on the? Road? I was. I was. I was. I had actually already graduated. Uh, if I remember right, the Crabtree catch was in 2008. That's kind of when I formed my band, and so I was already out of college. But at the time, I was dating a girl who was still at Tech, and uh, and so I went to the game. You know, obviously a ton. Of, that's just what you do, right? Even as alumni, yeah. everybody goes to the game. So I went to the game and. And when we won that game, uh, everybody rushed the field. And I just remember thinking, like, I'm probably too old for this. I don't care. I'm rushing the field. And I literally just ran down there, too, with a bunch of other people. And it was just awesome. So with with tech football, I'm curious. When Leach was there, it, it was kind of a, you know, a rebel offense, doing something different. Mm-hmm. Now everybody copied it. But how much did that kind of tap into the ethos of of the Texas tech community. Cause it feels to me like 
there's a pride and you're all the way out there in Lubbock and For sure. you're not in Austin. I mean, think, you're not in Houston. Yeah. Like I said before, there's a chip on your shoulder about it. Kind of, you know I mean? We've, we were the school that was established later on down the road. We were kind of isolated out in the panhandle and, there, you know, there was this reputation for such a long time that even still to this day, we have a hard time shaking it of, oh, it's so far out there and there's nothing to do out there. Well, you know, that that really might have been true in the 60s, 70s, 80s, blah, blah, blah. But I mean, today, you know, you can fly directly into Lubbock from, you know, Dallas and Austin, San Antonio and Houston, all these other places. And um, it's pretty easy to get to. And there's a lot to do. There's, there's so much that has developed, not only at the campus and around there, but in the entire city. Um, it's really modernized and there's just, there's so much to do now. And it's so nice that um, anybody that says that about Lubbock is probably just an assistant coach for an opposing football team trying to convince a recruit not to go there. Because I mean, the truth is if these recruits will come visit, they'll see like this place is wonderful. You know, you know where you can't fly into really? You can't that? fly into Stillwater. <laughs> you can't fly into Manhattan, Kansas, right? They, they, you nobody fly, wants they, to go. They got like one flight a day in from Chicago now to Manhattan. I, they they took great okay. pride in it. I was, I was the, and it's it's interesting because when you mentioned Stillwater, and I did another interview a few years ago with a uh, with a former Oklahoma State javelin thrower who wound up having a similar kind of story to yours, where he's like, "I'm in school. I don't know what I'm going to do, but I kind of like." playing guitar and singing and it was garth brooks so no way yeah yep he uh, he threw the javelin he at oklahoma threw, state he was he threw it, the javelin at oklahoma yeah. state and kind I of a similar place as that. you where had had the i think he had the bachelor's degree and just wasn't wow. real fired up about going into what he was studying that's amazing and it's just is when you well, find he's had your a passion. little bit more success than I have, but uh, uh, hey, that's listen. really cool, uh, interesting, um, you know, something that we have in common. That's really cool. I've met him yeah. a couple times. Yeah, if you if you meet him again, ask so him, great. ask him, you know, ask him about that. Get some get some Bill Self stories. He'll, he'll be I happy. I bet to... he'll light up about that. You know, because oh. he probably gets asked the same questions all the time. If I walk up to him, I'm like, man, I heard you threw the javelin in college. He'll probably oh, yeah. tell me more stories. Well, no, if I you start to... talking crap about. Texas Tech and Oklahoma State. I guarantee. So here's here's how I knew. This is when when because you know I get pitched these the, like, the musician interviews stuff like that. I want to make mm-hmm. sure it's one somebody I like to listen to, and two that they they are a fan, a real fan of of what we're talking about. Not not a fit, not the kind of person yeah. that becomes the. I'm not going to name names. Kenny Chesney, uh, who becomes the biggest fan of the school that they're five miles away from. Listen, Kenny Chesney's from Corrington, right. Tennessee. He should rock a power T. It should be Tennessee all the time. Be like, like yeah. Brad Paisley gets angry. If you suggest you, you like anything other than West Virginia, like that's, that's yeah. what I want. So we were interviewing Garth and I mentioned something offhand about Oklahoma state. And this was, this was two or three years ago. And it was in Taylor Cornelius was their quarterback. And he calls Taylor Cornelius corn dog. And I'm like, okay, I know you're one of us now. We can talk. Yeah. We, we can talk here. Yeah. So yeah, I'm with you, man. I love that too. You know, guys that just kind of rock whatever school. I mean, it's kind of like I get what you're doing, but it's not. There's no authenticity there. Um, you know, I I'm a tech guy, and yeah, the only <laughs> the only other college I think that I've ever worn in my adult life was I think I rocked an SMU hat uh, at Ooh. a game. 
that I went to. Um, was that for you know, a girl? Support- no, no, no. I <laughs> to support Coach Dykes and oh, okay. uh, a, brand, right. a brand that I was kind of a part of for a little bit that I'm actually wearing now, the tech version called Sideline Swagger. Uh, they've changed the name, Sideline Provisions now, but awesome gear. And if you need a tech hat or anything, I'm, I'll, I'll get you hooked there up. There you go. One. We'll be right back after these words. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's just, it, it's, it's funny how that works because, you know, sometimes some people say, oh, I'm a big, no, like I saw you tweeting about NIL and like you tweeted at me years ago about, I wrote something about, you know, athletes should be able to, to get a little bigger slice of the pie. And you're like, you're, you're right about that. And I'm like, wow, you actually care about this stuff. So, oh, I really do. I, I read, you know, sports articles all the time, listen to podcasts all the time, really dive into it. I won't lie, I, uh, my involvement over the last few years probably has decreased a little because oh, I have kind of busy a uh, almost five year old daughter and I have oh. an almost two year old son. And yep. it's they literally take all the time I used to have to watch, you know, things and listen mm-hmm. and soak up sports knowledge. Um, I feel a little behind at times, but uh, you know, this year definitely with Texas Tech basketball just being so great, and you know, I've got I'm in a bunch of group texts with uh, fraternity brothers and friends from college, and we're always talking tech football or basketball. And right now is a really good time for for the university. Coach McGuire at Tech uh, for the football side, I've never seen the passion and energy um, for that for the head coach position. I just, I, I haven't seen it. I don't even want to be like since so-and-so. I mean, he has a fire in him that is very rare and unique. Um, and he's just an amazing recruiter. And I think that's pretty obvious. If you go look oh, yeah. at the class he put together for this past signing day, and then look at the class he's already started to form for next year, it's incredible. I mean, probably will be the highest on paper class that we've had yeah. easily since the Tuberville class of, uh, was it 2000, uh, 12 or yeah, 13. Yeah, I, I remember which one you're talking about. That And and McGuire just seen, you know, when you get the, the ex-Texas high school coach who just has dreamed of co- being a head coach in the state of Texas at, yeah. a, at a major university for a long time, like you can hear it in his voice and you can see it when he's when he's out on the road tweeting at you saying he's, he's listening to you guys on the, on the road. I, he's, I bet he's, he's awesome. got a, a good playlist for uh, for his recruiting trips. He's a Texas country guy, and it's not just because he's at Tech. I think him coming to Tech just made him even more excited that he gets to, you know, he'll have the opportunity for, you know, guys like me and Pat Green and Wade Bowen and William Clark Green and Flatland Calvary, and the list goes on and on, all of us being around. But, man, I just – it's contagious. His his passion and enthusiasm, everybody that's met him is like he's the real deal. I am super excited to watch our football team under him. Um, obviously with Kitley coming back to run the offense, that's that, pretty exciting. That's what I wanted to ask about. Did, I, I mean, knew, he was, he was at, probably at tech same time up. as you, right? Well, you know, I'm trying to remember that part, but I know he was a GA at tech, uh, while Kingsbury was the head coach who, mm-hmm. you know, Cliff and I, uh, obviously have been friends for a really long time. And so, 
getting to watch these guys, a lot of these guys work their way up from the lowest starting point to being coordinators, to being head coaches now. You know, guys like Eric Morris, who yep. you just left uh, Incarnate Word to be the offensive coordinator at Washington, Washington State. State. He'll be a head coach at some point. And it's just so much fun to watch these guys that I literally have known for a really long time um, get to, you know, be great and be successful at what they love. Well, Ken Kitley did it at Houston Baptist. He went and did it at Western <laughs> Kentucky. So it's not like you don't know. It's they're, they're going to move the ball. They gotta, Kitley's you know. path reminds me a lot more of Leach than it does anything else, right? Kitley, yes. uh, I don't think he was a college football player. He was I not. Right, he played. And his dad's a track coach. And yeah. yeah, his dad was a track coach. And so he's kind of an outsider that learned the game. And then all of a sudden he put up record numbers at schools like Houston Baptist and, and uh, Western Kentucky. It just reminds me a lot of the Leach path. And so it's not going to shock me at all to see him be a head coach uh, in the next five years somewhere. So when, when y'all are good, it is a game there is just unbelievable. I've been to a couple. Yeah, agreed. But I, as long I, as I we just don't play you... the 11 a.m. game. So no, if exactly. the Big 12 officials are listening right now, quit scheduling us the 11 a.m. game. It's bullshit. We don't want to play <laughs> at 11 a.m. every home game on Saturday. Give us a night game. We're worth it. That's it, an electric stadium. I Listen, there you go. All, all we have to do is show them the end of the Crabtree catch game. Just to that look, look, yeah. look what happens when the sun goes down in that place. Sure. You, you yeah. didn't win the one where, where Baker came in for Oklahoma and, and dueled against Mahomes, but like that melted oh, everyone's faces. I was at that game. Incredible <laughs> game. I, what, I mean, what? I just remember watching it like, I feel like I'm watching, I feel like my buddy and I are playing a video game right now. <laughs> like these stats are unreal. How, how do they each have like 800 yards? It's crazy. So what is it like with having your school, like the biggest ambassador for your school is the best quarterback in football, right? Well, I, I know Tom Brady's coming back yeah. again. So, but Patrick Mahomes <laughs> might be the best quarterback in the NFL for the next 15 years. And he's yeah. a tech guy. Yeah. And I, what's great about Mahomes is I remember when we recruited him, Again, Kingsbury and I, you know, friends, and I was like, this is the kid, you know, this is the kid, huh? And he goes, he'll be in the NFL. And I remember thinking like, man, it's a pretty bold statement, right? Because I see this kid with kind of a weird throwing motion who's a three-star recruit. And I thought, man, that's pretty bold. But once you met Pat and once you saw him on the field, you just knew like, oh, yeah, there's something special here. He's got a vision. I think that comes from – him being a multi-sport athlete, I think can't be talked about enough because I think his vision from the basketball court really translates to the football field or vice versa. And then of course his pitching motion. Well, and, 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 and you growing watch, up with a professional yeah. athlete of a father, you know, I think you, you all watch some of those throws, the arm, the mm -hmm. arm angles. I, I talked about this with, with somebody who trains quarterbacks and they were talking about how, you know, Patrick Mahomes who grew up, he pitched in baseball, but he also played in the infield, you know, the, the arm slots he can get his arm into. Well, he's thrown to first base. He's turned double plays. Like he understands how to move his arm around in a different way. Yeah. And, and he doesn't have to think about that because he practices it so much. It's instinctual. It's, it's so natural for him watching out, you know, out there. I mean, it, it's just so much fun to watch. And, you know, again, because of my connections there, I got to become friends with Pat and he comes out to my concerts uh, all through college and kind of led to us, you know, being kind of a, 
you know, I have friends. I'm, I'm older than him, so it's not right. like we're like best friends. But like we're friends enough that we still to this day text about a lot of things. And he'll hook me up with tickets to go to the games. And that's not me bragging or anything. It's just very fortunate and lucky that, uh, you know, that my path crossed with his. And it's been a lot of fun watching him obviously take off in the NFL and really lead the way. And, man, they've just been a couple plays away from, you know, having more than one Super Bowl ring. So I, I'm looking forward to seeing what that offense does, especially now that they they signed uh, Juju. Yeah, to come in and pair up with Tyree. It's not even fair. And everything they have, I mean, they're going to score fifty points a game. Yeah, it's it's not even fair that they somehow still managed to to collect yeah. more offensive weapons around him. But yeah. now, now is it is it selling out though? If he gets you into a uh, an insurance commercial, if he if he gets you doing the soundtrack for an insurance, if commercial. he gets me in one, yeah, Hell is it selling no, out on your part? <laughs> I mean, if, if selling out means I pay off my mortgage and we're good. <laughs> so um, you you were mentioning a bunch of artists earlier. How many panhandlers did you mention in that? Because you, you guys formed a super group, which I've look. I, I don't. I want to be good enough at something so that if I hook up with somebody else, it, it's called a super group. I'm I'm down for that. But but y'all are playing. You also you got your songs on Yellowstone, which. We talk about Yellowstone a lot on this show, by the way. So, uh, uh-huh. I mean, that is yeah, that that was really cool. Uh, yeah, so I formed a what yeah, you say super group. I, I'm really cautious about using that term. It's like Asia, the traveling um, Wilburys. You know, it's bold, but uh, I guess contextually, it's a Texas country super group, and it's me, William Clark Green, uh, Cleto Cordero, who's the lead singer of the Flatland Calvary. Those are the ones I mentioned before, and then John yep. Bauman who is a songwriter who was born in Amarillo, uh, spent a lot of time in Lubbock, uh, I think dating a girl through college, even though he went to TCU. And, uh, you know, he lives in Austin now, and he and I are really good friends. And, uh, yeah, the four of us put together this group, kind of had this vision of doing something uh, that resembled a modern-day version of uh, the Flatlanders. And so we convinced Bruce Robeson uh, great songwriters had some hits out there for various artists in the nineties, early two thousands and, um, convinced him to produce this. And we recorded all on tape. It's, it's meant to sound like it was recorded in 1979 or 1982 or whatever. It's, that's the vibe. And that's the vibe we go for on all of it. You know, when we're shooting video and we're taking pictures and everything, we want it to we'll look and feel very old school. And it's kind of a tip of the cap to that era of, Texas country music specifically and story songs. It's good. I, and, and I, I always talk, we, we, we did a random ranking where I, I, I asked the listeners, what, what do you want me to rank? So they, I had to do songs about bodies of water and I had, you know, the river by Springsteen up very high just because a song that tells a great story is, is perfect. I just, I love a great story and song. And, and in Texas, you've got incredible storytellers. You got Willie Nelson. You got George Strait. You know. Oh, I mean, just more. Yeah, more than that. I mean, storytellers. Um, you know, James McMurtry, uh, Robert Earl Keane is kind of the goat. He's literally on his last tour. Anybody out there that you know, somewhat familiar with it, or even if that's you're a, not, that's an you Aggie right there. We 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 had an Aggie song. on a few weeks hey, ago, okay. so we, we talked okay. about that. Yep. I, I have a help. I have a healthy respect for AM. Now that'll really piss off my fraternity brothers that are that hopefully will watch this. But um, you know, I, I really have a lot of respect for Texas AM and the traditions they have. And, you know, I mean, they're basically the 
you know, I always feel like Texas Tech and A&M are so much alike in ways that, that yeah, there's some kindred really spirit there. That yeah. It fueled that rivalry for a long time, and now we never play them. So, you know, it's really not a rivalry, obviously, anymore. Uh, but, um, but yeah, Robert O'Keefe's the man. He's on his last year of touring, and he's touring nationally. And I would encourage anyone to go out and watch him because you won't you won't get to after this year. I don't think it's one of those. In fact. Well, I, I don't want to say too much, but it, it's not one of those. Well, this is my last tour, and then right. he comes back three years until the company I, comes back and says, certain, "Yeah, I'm pretty certain this will be his last tour." When Robert O'Keen says that, I take him at his word for that. So I would encourage everybody out there to um, to go check out one of his last shows, even if it means that you fly somewhere or have to get a hotel and the whole thing. Like it'll be worth it. But you'll have a story. Um, to and tell. You talk about storytellers and all that. You know, there's there sure is a lot of them. I'll tell you another great story. I'll segue us a little bit. Coach Adams. Yeah. I mean, Coach Mark Adams at Texas Tech basketball. I mean, what a great story that is. He didn't get on the plane. He didn't get on the plane. He stayed in the planes. You know, there's kind of a play on words there. Maybe I'll write a song about one day and I like it. And um uh, but yeah, I'm really proud of this basketball team. They're a lot of fun. I don't know how much you cover basketball on your podcast, but man, they're 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 just so uh, diverse and athletic. And I just love, you know, one game, you know, Arms might score 20 points, and the next game he might score five. You know, yeah. Uh, one game we may score 97, and the next game we score 60. Um, it seems like we can win in a variety of ways. Uh, I've got some fraternity brothers uh, from college we all stay in touch and a couple of them just, they always are like, we're just a team of dogs, you know, a team of dogs. And I love that. Cause I think it's true. I think these guys are hungry. There's a chip on their shoulder. They're, they're, they're out there every night playing to the wire. And I, I, I think we're going to beat Duke. I think we're going to end coach Krzyzewski's career. And I mean that respectfully, uh, oh, obviously yeah. I'm a big basketball fan kind of a closet Duke fan. Hope nobody gets mad at me for that. I, please make no mistake. I will absolutely be rooting for Texas Tech over Duke. I went and watched the game we played against Duke uh, at Madison Square Garden a few years ago when they had Zion and RJ mm -hmm. Barrett and all those guys. And man, what a game and atmosphere that was. But um, I really think we'll have their number. I like our matchups. I like our team. And I like Coach Adams' uh, ability to change things up you know one of my friends really pointed out the other day in that game against um notre dame against notre dame thank you sorry uh in the last couple minutes there when we really needed to lock down defense coach adams took out our best two scorers literally took out our best two offensive players in that game and just focused on shutting down the other team and we did you know and he'd switched up going from zone to man in the, you know, coming out, out of timeouts. And he just does this, those little things that really, um, I think, put a lot of faith in his team. And that I think that motivates them on the court to play at an even higher level. So go Tech. Let's get the win against Duke. Let's go beat the Zags. Leave them on the West Coast. Let's go to the Final Four again, baby. Love it. Love it. Mark, Mark Adams, 65 years old, getting his first big shot. And he might be the one who takes out Coach K. Uh, I can't wait to watch. I, I, I can't believe yeah. you might be there. That's going to be so much fun. But Josh, thank you so much. I know you all have been in the studio. I cannot wait to hear what you come out with next. And everybody, get thee to your streaming services. Get the go go buy go buy an album. There's vinyl. You you, you got vinyl. Yeah. There you go. That's big again. So go go buy well, a physical you know what I album. Tell 
I just tell people, stream our music. You're going to anyway. Just buy a T-shirt. There you go. There you go. There you go. That's the best way to do it. <laughs> and you never know. He may be throwing a tortilla at, a tortilla at you at a sporting event. So just, just watch. <laughs> Heads up. Yeah, I'm about to do that at a concert sometime. But, hey, thanks, man. That's really cool. I, I'm a big sports fan, obviously. Read your articles. Listen to your podcast. Listen to you on other podcasts. Thought it was super cool that you reached out. And, um yeah, man, this is this has been great. It's always fun for me to hear how people discover Texas country. So for you to be, you know, a guy living in Florida who randomly listens to Texas country music and your text message is like, man, I I fell in love with Texas country music and I'd only been to Texas like three times, you know. Yeah, I think that, exactly. I, I thought that was super. Cool. And now and now I've been there quite a bit for work. And I I will I will pump one more song before we go. So okay, Josh has a song with Pat Green called My Texas. If, yes, if you want to Texas correctly, that is your Texas bucket <laughs> list. Just listen to the things in that song. Like I've not had a, I, I've had a lot of shiners in Texas, but I haven't had one in in, in Lookenbach yet. So I, I got to do that. Um, yeah, the little public office there. But yeah, we we've got. I've got a. It's a great list. If you can if you can do all of that, you have you have Texas correctly. And and trust me, you ain't doing it all in one trip. That's a big state. Yeah. It's a republic. So. Yeah. I feel like I could write that song three, four, five times. There's so many things to do because it's such a big state with a lot of different areas of the, you know, oh, that yeah. look very different, have different cultures and different things that I, they I'm do. Waiting for the, I'm waiting for the Schlitterbahn verse. <laughs> That'd be hard to rhyme, but we'll work on it. <laughs> Josh Evan, thank you so much. Hey, thanks, Andy. I appreciate it.